Gator Nation and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde, staff writer for the Lake City Reporter. Uh, big challenge, obviously, this week, really uh, most biggest game of the year for us right now. You know, you're coming in and, you know, you can look at the last couple of two weeks in, in top 10 matchups uh, were big games, but they weren't against SEC East teams. So, um uh, Huge game for us right now, and uh, uh, good challenge for our team. Because you know, if you look overall schedule, and probably in the middle of the, the four-game stretch, right? That's that nobody else in college football can match. So um, you know, but uh, huge challenge. Just the uh, the mental, physical toughness. We got to keep grinding, keep moving forward as a team. That was Florida coach Dan Mullen discussing his team's latest road trip to South Carolina this weekend as the Gators try to get back on track and get a win in SEC East play against their former coach. What's up, Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked on Gators. On today's show, I will give you my five keys to the game in the first segment. In the second segment, I'll give my score prediction, SEC power rankings, and make some picks for week eight. And in the final segment, you'll hear some comments from both Dan Mullen and Will Muschamp discussing Saturday's matchup between their two teams. But let's kick this thing off with our five keys to the game. And number one, we'll be neutralizing South Carolina's defensive line. We had this as one of the keys to the Gators early in the year when they went up against Auburn's defense and some of those big boys that they had up front. And once again, the Gators are going to face a similar type group in terms of talent and depth. Will Muschamp has really put together a strong defensive line. And Javon Kinlaw leads the way, a six foot six. 330-pound defensive tackle. He is going to be a load for Nick Buchanan and Florida's offensive line to handle. And South Carolina has some other defensive guys up front that could really cause havoc. So as the Gators head into Saturday, I'm interested to see what type of game plan Will Muschamp and his offensive staff put together to try to neutralize South Carolina's defensive line. We saw last year against Mississippi State, they used a lot of screens and swing passes behind the line of scrimmage. And then this year against Auburn, Kyle Trask threw a lot of slants and back shoulder throws, and he made a lot of passes where he was hitting his receivers before they even came out of their break. So we'll see what Mullen dials up against the Gamecocks to try to neutralize their defensive line. And the second key to the game on Saturday is being accurate in the passing game. Kyle Trask, as we all know, has had some issues with turnovers since he took over as Florida's starting quarterback, but most of those have been with fumbles. And then last week at LSU, he did a much better job of taking care of the ball in the pocket when he got hit. He was sacked by the Tigers and didn't cough it up. But he did have the interception in the red zone that proved to be the deciding factor in the game. And when you look at this South Carolina secondary, particularly number 24, they've got some guys who are ball hawks and can get after the ball. We saw the three interceptions that they made last week against Georgia quarterback Jake Fromm, and that enabled them to pull off that upset win in Athens. And if the Gamecocks are going to get another one on Saturday, they're going to be leaning on their secondary to try and make some plays on Kyle Trask, confuse him with their coverages, and get some interceptions. So that's something that number 11's got to watch out for. He's got to be real smart with the football and accurate with his throws. The number three key for this Florida football team is going to be sustaining long drives against the Gamecocks. We saw last week Kyle Trask and this offensive unit do something that they really haven't done since he took over as the starter. And that was to have long, methodical drives where they eat up the clock, 
wear out the defense and get a lot of offensive plays racked up. Some of the earlier games when he took over, the Gators were scoring real fast with some big plays in the passing game and didn't really have those long drawn out drives. But we saw last Saturday in Death Valley, the Gators were able to put it together. They had four 75 yard touchdown drives. They did a great job of moving the chains, controlling the time of possession and wearing out LSU's defense. And I think that when they go into this matchup on Saturday, that is gonna be key against this Gamecocks defense. If they can stay on the field for long periods of time, that's gonna help them get the win on Saturday. Our fourth key to the game is for Florida's defense to play better up front. Last weekend against LSU, that effort is just not gonna cut it. Gators weren't able to get any sacks, any quarterback pressures, any quarterback hurries, and LSU quarterback Joe Burrow was just able to pick them apart. He had plenty of time in the pocket, and they cannot give that to Ryan Helensky and Joyner on Saturday. We still don't know for sure what South Carolina's quarterback situation is going to look like, but if Helensky is in the game with his knee injury, you have to figure that he's not going to be as mobile. Whoever they have in there as their starting defensive ends, as well as their other linemen and their linebackers in the front seven, those guys got to get after Helensky because you saw last week, Joe Burrow, when he did get some pressure on him, he was able to scramble out of those situations and make some plays with his legs. Helensky is not going to be able to do that on Saturday. So Florida needs to get in the backfield if he is in there under center and bring him down. Now, if Helensky doesn't play as much or can't go at all, and we see Joyner, Florida's going to have to account for him in a different way. He is a dual threat type quarterback. So Florida's defensive line has to do a good job of staying in their gaps. If they put a spy on him with one of their linebackers, he has to make sure that he accounts for him on every single play. And they just cannot let him loose in the run game. They can't let him extend plays like Joe Burrow was able to do because that's how South Carolina's offense is going to be able to stay on the field and make this a competitive game. So no matter who is in there for South Carolina under center, the Gators need to play better up front defensively and have a much better outing than they did against LSU. And the final key to the game for Florida will be containing South Carolina wide receiver Brian Edwards. He is their top player on the offensive side of the ball, and he has come up big for the Gamecocks this season, especially since Helensky has taken over at quarterback. Those two have built a chemistry in the passing game, and Edwards has put up some big numbers this year. He has two 100-yard receiving games, had six catches for 113 yards and a touchdown at Mizzou. And then against Charleston Southern, he had another 100-yard game with five catches for 112 yards and two touchdowns. He also had a season-high nine catches for 79 yards at Alabama and against Georgia last week, 78 yards receiving and a touchdown on six receptions. He also had a carry for seven yards. So he is someone that Florida's defense is going to have to account for on every play. They have the guys in the secondary that should be able to lock him down. And if Florida can take him out of the game, especially with all the rain that is supposed to happen, that should help them get the win on Saturday. When we come back from this first break, I'll give my score prediction for Florida, South Carolina, as well as my SEC power rankings and some picks for week eight. You're listening to Locked On Gators, your team every day. Florida fans, if you're making your way to Gainesville this fall for UF home games or you're just a sports junkie like me, then I've got the perfect place for you. The Mealy Pop Shop, located off I-75 on 39th Avenue, is your one-stop shop for sports cards, memorabilia, autographs, gaming, and collectibles. I've been able to load up on my Michael Jordan cards since the shop opened last year. They have college and NFL games on in the store every weekend in a bunch of cool events, sometimes featuring former Gator players like Percy Harvin. Their NFL Weekly Pick'em is free and fun with weekly prizes and a season-long prize. 
So check out the Mealy Pop Shop at 3700 Northwest 91st Street, Gainesville, Florida, or call at 352-204-5573. Welcome back into the show, and it's score prediction time for the Florida-South Carolina game. I got my first pick of the year wrong last week with the LSU game, but I feel confident in this one. I think the Gators are going to be able to bounce back in Columbia. That was an impressive win by the Gamecocks last week at Georgia, and I definitely think that they're going to be able to compete in this game. But with Ryan Holinsky down and Florida having a week to prepare for both quarterbacks, I think that they'll be ready for this test, and Florida's defense is going to be able to shut down South Carolina and then on the other side of the ball, Florida is coming off a monster performance at LSU. Kyle Trask had a 300-yard performance, and we talked about those long scoring drives that they had. I think that this game will be a little bit different because of the weather. I wouldn't expect Kyle Trask to throw as much. The Gators will have to get it going on the ground, and because of that, I think you're going to see some more of Emory Jones on Saturday, and at the end of the day, I think Florida gets enough defensive stops and makes the big plays that they need offensively to come away with a 24-13 win at South Carolina. Now it's time for my SEC power rankings ahead of week eight. And number one still in the top spot is Alabama after a 47-20 win over Texas A&M. And now it's a rivalry game for the Crimson Tide this weekend against Tennessee. And the Vols will be coming to Tuscaloosa for that matchup. Number two, moving up one spot in my SEC power rankings is LSU after getting the 14-point win against UF last weekend. And this Saturday, they will be on the road facing Dan Mullen's former team, Mississippi State in Starkville. Number three, I got your Florida Gators. They actually move up one spot despite their loss to LSU, and that was because Georgia got upset by South Carolina. And despite the defeat in Death Valley, Florida still controls its own destiny. They have everything right in front of them. They just have to take care of business in the SEC East. Number four, I got Georgia dropping two spots in my SEC power rankings after that loss to South Carolina in overtime. The Bulldogs should have a chance to bounce back this weekend at home against Kentucky. Number five, you have the Auburn Tigers still sitting in that spot. They were off last week with their bye. And then this Saturday, they hit the road to face the Arkansas Razorbacks. At number six, and on top of the SEC East standings right now, is Mizzou after their 38-27 win over Ole Miss last weekend. They also take their show on the road this Saturday and will be playing at Vanderbilt, who is still yet to get a win in conference play. Number seven is the South Carolina Gamecocks. They move up, obviously, in the power rankings this week after that big win over Georgia, and they try to make it two upsets in a row this Saturday with the Gators coming to town. Number eight in my SEC power rankings is Texas A&M. They suffer the 19-point loss at Alabama last weekend, and they'll be on the road once again this Saturday facing the Ole Miss Rebels. At number nine, ugh, an ugly loss. For the Mississippi State Bulldogs, they lose 20-10 to to Tennessee and probably another loss this weekend. Even though they're hosting, they'll face the LSU Tigers and Joe Burrow and company. At number 10 is the Kentucky Wildcats. They got a win last weekend over Arkansas, 24-20. But bad news this weekend as they take their show on the road against an angry Georgia team that's trying to bounce back at home. Number 11 is the Ole Miss Rebels. Another loss for them last weekend as they fall 38-27 to to Missouri, but this Saturday could be a chance for a marquee win, and I think the Rebels could have a chance to pull it off, but I definitely expect them to be competitive in this game. At number 12, moving on up, is the Tennessee Volunteers after their 20-10 to win over Mississippi State last week. I didn't pick them to get the victory there, so props to the Vols, and they get to move up, but might not be for long as uh, 
They travel to Tuscaloosa this weekend and face the number one Alabama Crimson Tide. At number 13, and no longer the worst team in my SEC power rankings, are the Arkansas Razorbacks. They did get the loss last weekend to Kentucky, but it was only four points and not anything as bad as the team now in the bottom spot. Arkansas will be at home Saturday against Auburn. And now number 14, ugh. Vanderbilt Commodores not doing the SEC proud last weekend as they fall at home 34-10 to to UNLV. Shout out to former UF assistant Tim Skipper, who is now the defensive coordinator at UNLV. He goes and gets a big win in Nashville. Terrible loss for Derek Mason. They're at home this weekend against Missouri, so things won't get any easier for them in the SEC as they're still trying to get their first conference win. So that'll do it for the latest SEC power rankings and not many great games this weekend outside of conference. You have number 12, Oregon, going on the road for a top 25 matchup with Washington. And I actually like the Huskies in that game. I think that they'll be able to get the W. And then number 17, Arizona State, who I just watched this week on the latest HBO special. They will be on the road at number 13, Utah. And I like Utah in that game. But but outside of that, not much going on in terms of big-time games. And Florida and South Carolina will kick off at noon Saturday on ESPN. And Florida coach Dan Mullen and South Carolina coach Will Muschamp both discussed the matchup this week, kind of broke down both sides of the ball and what they need to be ready for facing each other's teams. Here's what Mullen had to say this week about the Gamecocks and the challenge that they're going to present on Saturday. Talented team, uh, obviously a team that's got some, some great playmakers on their offensive side of the ball. You know, one of the best receivers in the league. You know, run the ball really well. Good offensive front, uh, able to block. Defensive line, they got a premier defensive line. Some veteran players at linebacker that are great playmakers. And then uh, some real big-time playmakers in the secondary. I think everybody saw that last week. So, um, should be a big challenge for us. And we got to try to find a way to win. They've had to deal with a little bit of quarterback injuries. It looks like Helinski's fine and is going to play, so it doesn't look like that'll be an issue for him. You know, the other quarterback came in, and I thought, you know, very much like our guys, he did a great job. They, they didn't change what they did offensively. He just brought a little flavor to it, uh, and he was able to come in and, and win the game for him. You know, and so, uh, you know, I, I think it shows they have some good depth, and they feel pretty comfortable with both guys playing. What it stands out about his defense is. Yeah, they play hard. He does a good job. They have a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. They give you a lot of different multiple looks. I think they mix a lot of different things up, which is always a challenge. Um, you know, and uh, but you watch them. I mean, you watch them the last couple of games. You watch the guys. I mean, they have as you know, they're they are a talented defensive front. Um, you know, probably a, a, as good or better than the, the defensive front we played last week. Um, you know, and then they got veteran linebackers that I think are, are great playmakers. And then the secondary, you saw their their corners, the length, the skill they have a corner, the playmaking ability they have. So they have a lot of talent. He does a good job mixing things up to kind of keep you on edge and, uh, you know, of coverage, blitz, mixing up looks. Always done a good job of that. Will Muschamp also gave his thoughts on the Gators in his press conference this week. He had a lot of high praise for Florida's offense and what they've been able to do with quarterback Kyle Trask. He also spoke about Todd Grantham's defense and his history with the program and how he feels now going up against his former team. Here's what Muschamp had to say this week. Dan does a really good job with the quarterback. He's an outstanding play caller. Uh, you know, Kyle Trask has taken over for, unfortunately, Felipe Franks was injured, uh, but he's done a really good job. He makes, uh, you know, accurate with the football. He threw for over 300 yards Saturday night in Baton Rouge. 
um, but makes decisive decisions, gets the ball out quick. He's got arm talent and uh, just very impressed with what he has done and accomplished his first game against Tennessee. First drive of the game takes him right down the field and scores. So been very impressed with him. LaMichael uh, Pirine, the running back, has got a strong lower body, uh, runs through contact, uh, is a violent runner. Uh, been very impressed with him and Pierce and, and Davis are good good backs as well. A, a very talented, big and experienced group at the receiver position. Uh, Jefferson and and, uh, and Frankie Ham or excuse me, Josh Hammond. I coached his brother Frankie, uh, uh, Swain. All those guys, Grimes, Cleveland. All guys that have played a lot of football really understand what they're doing offensively. And emergence of Kyle Pitts at tight end, which is kind of a a hybrid tight end receiver, but uh, has been very productive for him, leading them in reception and big and athletic on the offensive line. Defensively, Todd Grantham does a great job. Uh, Todd and I have been friends for a long time, and I think if you talk in terms of havoc on the football, uh, probably Florida leads the country just as far as batted balls, interceptions. Uh, he does a great job of, of creating issues for you uh, offensively. And uh, Zaninga and Grenard are, are two guys that have been very productive for him at the defensive end positions. They're solid in the middle. Uh, and then C.J. Henderson and Marco uh, Wilson are two outstanding corners, as good of corners we'll see uh, this year. They can really cover and lock down outside. So, uh, you know, really good players and very talented specialist. Tommy Townsend uh, is an outstanding punter, and McPherson's done a good job for him uh, kicking the football. But, you know, I, I just think Dan does a really good job of presenting issues. I think he sees the game from a defensive perspective. Uh, meaning knows that there's some issues with different looks that he can give you. Uh, the run game is the run game, and their passing game is the pass game, but how they manipulate and get to those looks are going to be different each week. It's kind of like you know preparing a little bit from a standpoint. I guess the best example I could give you is they're going to get to this run. I don't know how they're going to get to it, but I know they're going to get to it. So whatever window dressing is created on game day, our players need to be able to adjust, and we need to adjust as a staff. You know, well, as most of your Florida players have, you know, gone on to graduate or, you know, gone on to the NFL, has it gotten easier for you, you think, to, to play them, you know, moving forward? No, because they got a good team. <laughs> um, you know, again, it, it is what it is. They got three brothers down there. Johnny, Tommy's a, Tommy's a punter. A John, I coached his uh, brother Johnny and the Townsend family. And then you got Marco. We coached Quincy. And I remember sitting in the, the living room there with, uh, uh, Chad and Carmen down in South Florida, and Marco was about that tall <laughs> in the in the living room there. And they've got all their athleticism from Carmen, not not uh, the dad Chad, that's for sure. He played at Miami, and then uh, Frankie Hammond, Josh's brother. You know, uh, you know boy, what a great play in 2012. We're up there at Knoxville, and uh, Jeff threw a, a curl right there to Frankie, and broke two tackles, and took it about 65 yards for a touchdown. Huge win for us. But, you know, again, it, at the end of the day, uh, I had a wonderful experience there, but I'm, I'm glad we're at South Carolina and looking forward to, to game day. They got a good team, so it's, it's always hard. That'll do it for the latest edition of Locked on Gators. On today's show, we gave you our five keys to the game for Saturday in the first segment. In the second segment, I made my score prediction and listed my SEC power rankings ahead of week eight. And in the final segment, we brought you some comments from Mullen and Muschamp discussing Saturday's matchup. When we come back on Monday, I'll recap my five keys to the game, take out the report card and grade Florida's performance over South Carolina, and bring you some post-game comments from Mullen as well. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked on Gators, your team every day.